Hello, this is Dr. Nasir Gami, and you're listening to the Gami Psychiatry Podcast. Scientific, humanistic, and not the conventional wisdom. Hello, this is Dr. Nasir Gami, and welcome back to the Gami Psychiatry Podcast. Uh, Today, I'd like to talk to you about a simple possible solution to the massive problem of suicide. Recently, we've seen in the news um, some celebrities uh, in which this has has, uh, happened, Um, specifically uh, the country singer Naomi Judd, who in her 70s recently died by suicide. She had a long history of mental illness is, is what we know publicly. Of course, as we've discussed on this podcast, there is no such thing as mental illness in general, but there are psychiatric diseases. The most common, the most high risk psychiatric disease for suicide is bipolar illness or manic depression. And um, that's also associated with creativity and, and uh common in people who are artists uh, and otherwise uh, prominent. So the possibility of a mood illness, usually severe depression leading to suicide is very high in this scenario. And uh, bipolar illness would be the highest likely cause. Now, as you may know, lithium is the standard and most proven treatment for bipolar illness, although it's only prescribed in 15% of people with that diagnosis, which is a travesty, uh, which we'll talk about more on other occasions. Separate from the fact that lithium is effective in treating bipolar illness, it's the only psychiatric medication proven to prevent suicide. Let me repeat that. Lithium is the only psychiatric medication proven to prevent actual completed suicide. Some of you may know about some other medications. You may think about the antipsychotic clozapine, which actually has language approved by the FDA in its marketing that allows it to say that it can prevent suicide attempts. It has been shown to reduce suicide attempts in one large randomized trial compared to olanzapine, but it never actually reduced the completed suicides in that study, which was about a year long. Some people think that antidepressants prevent suicide mistakenly. Actually, they don't, as we discussed in the prior podcast. They, in fact, increase the risk somewhat in young adults and children. The only drug proven to prevent completed suicide in randomized studies, which is the highest quality of studies, is lithium. This has been shown in multiple different studies and uh, analyzed in a a combination of those studies in a meta-analysis published some years ago. Now, the reason that no other drugs have been shown to prevent suicide, uh, besides the fact that they may not actually do so, is that it is not easy to prove that a drug prevents suicide. In fact, it would be unethical to do a study with completed suicide as the outcome. Uh, Probably unethical and never has been done. Suicide as an outcome that's completed also is is difficult to do in a study because thankfully it is infrequent. Even in the highest risk types of conditions like bipolar illness, the frequency of suicide is thought to be on the order of 
five to 10% in a lifetime. So if you do a study for six months or a year, which is usually the longest they will go, the likelihood of getting many suicides in such a study is low. And so having completed suicide as an outcome uh, usually just won't work uh, statistically, even if for some reason ethically it was attempted. That's why suicide attempts, which are much more common, are the usual outcomes that are studied in randomized trials. So let me give you a few statistics. About one half of people with severe clinical depression have suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation, 50%, one half. That means one half don't have any suicidal thoughts at all. So that's important to know. About 10% of people uh, who have severe depression make suicide attempts, 10%. That means 90% don't at all. It also means that around 80 to 90% of people who have suicidal thoughts never make an attempt. So you can think of these as overlapping circles, but they overlap only 10 or 20%. It's not like everybody who has suicidal thoughts will make an attempt. Furthermore, of people who make suicide attempts, only about, uh, depending on the study, only about 10% of them eventually complete suicide. And that's usually with decades of follow-up. So one half of people with severe depression have suicidal thoughts. 10% of people with severe depression have suicide attempts. 10% of them actually complete suicide. So with severe depression, we're talking about a couple percentage points of people who actually complete suicide. That may not sound like a lot. You might say, well, 97, 95% of people who have severe depression don't commit suicide or die by suicide. Well, that's true, but still four or 5% is quite high compared to a general population rate that is a fraction of 1%. So that's the relative risks of suicide. With those kinds of numbers, it's important to appreciate that the absolute number of suicide is high. In the United States every year, somewhere on the order of about 30 to 40,000 people die by suicide. One way of understanding that is it, it would fill a typical sports stadium uh, for a baseball game, for instance. Um, that's how many people die by suicide every year in the US. Or another way of putting it is it's um, many people each day uh, since it adds up to 30 or 40,000 per year. Now, um, who are the kinds of people who die by suicide? Well, number one on your list is people with severe depression who have a psychiatric disease, a biological disease of the brain and body like manic depressive illness. Number two would be people who have post-traumatic stress disorder after being exposed to extreme conditions such as going to war. And this is obviously a common scenario now with military veterans of the Middle East wars of a decade ago. And third, and increasingly these days, is um, teenagers and young adults and sometimes children uh, who seem to die by suicide at an increasing numbers in the last decade, correlating with the rise of smartphones and social media and digital technology. The um, completed suicide rate of teenage girls has almost doubled in the last decade for teenage Boys, it's also increased, but for teenage girls, it's increased the most. It's almost doubled. That's a very high rate. 
And of course, uh, social media uh, is the main thing that's changed in that time. And many people push back on this and say, well, you can't draw a cause and effect relationship. That may be the case, but it's a pretty strong correlation, which is one factor that sometimes does relate to causation. So that's a larger discussion. There are lots of causes of the increasing suicide rates. And of course, in the last year or two with the COVID pandemic, we have a major public health catastrophe contributing to it. And usually when there's economic declines, there's also increasing suicide rates and that may be beginning to happen also now. So let's get back to my point. Lithium is the only drug that's been proven to prevent completed suicide. It's been proven to do so in randomized trials because there have been many randomized trials of lithium over the years. It's difficult, as I said, to do a study that's randomized to, to show prevention of completed suicide. But since there have been many lithium studies over the years, when you add them all up in a meta-analysis, looking at decades and decades of studies, you can get five or six large studies where there were some completed suicides. And in that meta-analysis, there were enough cases to show that lithium prevented them. In fact, there were zero cases with lithium of completed suicide in all those randomized trials, compared to about six cases, I believe, with comparator agents or placebo, and that difference was statistically significant. That's why we can say that it's proven that lithium prevents suicide, completed suicide, and no other drug has that kind of evidence. Now, there's another line of evidence I want to mention to you, which is that there's a large um, geological study literature on lithium in the drinking water showing that it prevents suicide. Lithium, as you know, is a mineral. It is an, an element that's found in rocks and in geological formations. It seeps from the rocks into the water and into the food supply, and then from there into vegetables and into animals and into humans. Lithium is a essential mineral in the human diet. The ideal amount of lithium we should have in our diet is one milligram of elemental lithium per day, which corresponds to about 25 milligrams of lithium carbonate, the pill that we use a day. To give you a sense of how much that is compared to a medication, we usually prescribe 900 milligrams of lithium a day for treatment of bipolar illness. And that's compared to 25 milligrams of lithium carbonate that would have been what you get in your diet. And there's one milligram of elemental lithium in that amount of lithium carbonate. So we really are prescribing lithium at um, maybe a rate that's 30-fold um, higher than what you get in your regular diet or should be getting in your diet. And what these geological studies show is that in some places, there is almost no lithium in the drinking water in the natural environment. And so people in those places have lithium deficient diets. These studies have been done in many different countries and replicated many times, almost a dozen times, I think, in places like Texas, Japan, Austria, Chile. These studies have been repeated in different places. And what they find is that in those um, places where counties can be shown or provinces that have high amounts of lithium compared to counties or provinces that have low amounts of lithium, the places with higher amounts of lithium 
have about half the suicide rates or even less than the places that have low amounts of lithium. Now, again, you might say that's just a correlation. How do you know there's a cause and effect relationship? Well, I know it because of the randomized data I just cited to you, which proved that lithium prevents suicide. So we know lithium prevents suicide based on the randomized studies. And now we can say that even small amounts of lithium prevent suicide based on the geological studies. And by small amounts, I mean the, the amount of lithium in the um, diet, as I said, is probably a couple milligrams of elemental lithium when it's high, maybe up to three, two or three milligrams of elemental lithium, which is no more than maybe 50 to 100 milligrams of prescription lithium carbonate, which again is about tenfold lower than the doses that we prescribe for treatment. So lithium may be preventive of, may be able to be used to prevent suicide and it potentially could be used in low doses, such as 100 milligrams, 200 milligrams, or less of lithium carbonate, which cause very few side effects, if any, because the usual uh, rejoinder to saying we should use lithium is well, it has all kinds of side effects, but not at these very low doses. Now, another factor that might be brought up is the studies with lithium are in bipolar illness, and the claim might be that it doesn't prevent suicide necessarily in PTSD, or in teenagers who have um, depression related to social media use that do not have bipolar illness or, or manic depression. And that may be the case. There recently was a study that was a randomized trial in the VA system that finally tested the use of um, low to medium dose lithium for suicidality in veterans. And it reported no benefit compared to placebo. But again, that study mainly looked at suicide attempts, not completed suicide. And as I said, these are overlapping circles, but not very overlapping, only about 10% or so overlap between suicide attempts and completed suicide. So a drug may not reduce suicide attempts, but still uh, prevent suicide or vice versa. A drug may reduce suicide attempts or suicidality, but not, not necessarily uh, prevent completed suicide. Um, one interesting point about that VA study in, is when you look at the subgroup of patients with bipolar illness in that study, uh, they actually did have lower suicide attempts than placebo. Um, so it may be that lithium is especially effective in preventing suicide in people who have a mood illness, as opposed to people who have post-traumatic stress uh, however, it's worth pointing out again, those geological studies showed that the suicide, actual suicide rates were about one half in the high lithium areas versus the low lithium areas. And those that's in the general population. That's not in people with just mood illnesses. So it does suggest that maybe lithium will have suicide preventive effects uh, broader than just mood illnesses. So I want to come to my point, which is that Certainly, if someone has a severe mood illness, as may have been in the case in the case of the celebrity uh, country singer that I described, they should be at least on a low dose of lithium, even in older age. Low doses can be given safely. Of course, we don't know if that was the case uh, with this person. But more broadly, I think that anybody who has a mood illness, who has any suicidality at all, should have at least low dose treatment with lithium. And certainly anybody who has higher risk, meaning 
uh, has made suicide attempts, has repeated suicide attempts, or has severe suicidal ideation, they should get lithium. I also would like to emphasize that one half of the people who die by suicide do so on their first attempt. So if it's not really wise to wait until a person makes a suicide attempt to think about doing something like giving them lithium. If there's any reason to fear a suicide attempt, or suicide, I should say, lithium should be given because half the time that first attempt is fatal. I would go further and say that people who have depression, even if it's not bipolar, even if it's not manic depressive, uh, even if it seems more environmental or socially caused, should go on lithium at low doses, at least if they have suicidal thoughts uh, or any other risk for suicide. And uh, despite the VA study, I think that more work should be done and, and more thought more. I think that it does not hurt to seriously consider giving lithium at low doses to veterans who have depression at the very least um, and, and mood episodes of depression and suicidal thinking. This could be a very simple solution to the suicide problem, giving low-dose lithium broadly to people with suicidal risk factors. I brought this up once with the um, former um, Surgeon General, David Satcher, who also uh, used to be at the CDC, I believe. And uh, there was a conference I was involved with as a speaker, and he was a speaker. And after the conference, I went up to him and I said, uh, I told him about this issue with lithium and how it prevents suicide. Satcher had put out Surgeon General's statement and study about suicide as a public health problem uh, some time ago. Uh, and he was very well known for bringing the country's attention to suicide. And I mentioned it to him and he had never heard of lithium as a potential treatment for suicide. I want to mention this in this podcast because uh, there's really almost no other venue to talk about these things. <clears throat> I intend in this podcast to talk about things publicly that I only often have a chance to discuss with my colleagues more privately, but often do not have the chance to write about publicly, certainly not in scientific articles, in journals where such things aren't usually discussed, or even in blog posts in which maybe uh, the subject doesn't get much attention. So here's just a personal example. The Surgeon General, who's famous for bringing suicide to the attention of public health, did not appear to know that lithium could be effective in preventing suicide. I gave him my card and I told him I'd love to follow up with him to see if we could get this to the attention of the public health community more broadly, and I never heard back. Um, I will say, obviously, there are many reasons why mine, one might not hear back, and I haven't. I've, I've certainly been on the other end of the that and not followed up with people about things. So this is not a, a complaint. I just want to make the point that I think the public health community seems extremely unaware that lithium should be part of the arsenal for the treatment and prevention of suicide. And right now, it's really being ignored. Um, so, in the case of uh, celebrities who bring this to the attention of the public. I think it's a chance for us to make this point that um, lithium might be a relatively simple solution to an obviously very complex problem. And that's not to say that that's all we should do. It's not to say lithium always will work, but right now we're ignoring it. 
and I think we should stop ignoring. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you liked it, and we'll catch you next time.